Preeti Rupanagudi. She has a degree in economics and media and communications from the University of Melbourne. She spends her working hours in the Victorian government in a regulatory reform team, very sexy, cutting all the red tape she can lay her hands on. The remainder of her hours she spends attempting to visit every new hipster cafe, bar and restaurant in Melbourne. It's a tiring job, but she's getting through it one gourmet taco at a time. Preeti. Okay, today I'll be talking about someone who was awarded a Nobel Memorial Prize in economics, despite challenging the very fundamentals of economic rationality and never even having attended a single economics lecture. The person I want to talk about is psychologist and honorary economist, Daniel Kahneman. Kahneman received a joint Nobel Prize in economics with Vernon L. Smith, for having integrated insights from psychological research into economic science, especially concerning human judgment and decision-making under uncertainty. Kahneman's thinking has enhanced the field of economics through psychology and shone light on the idea that while us flawed humans are never perfectly rational, we may in fact be quite predictably irrational. And an understanding of this irrationality can be harnessed to improve not only our own personal life choices, but also make government policy more effective. But first, a bit about Kahneman. Daniel Kahneman was born in Tel Aviv in 1934 when his mother was visiting relatives, but spent his childhood years in France. His family were in Paris through the Nazi occupation in 1940, and his father was picked up in the first large-scale suite for Jews and was interned for six weeks in Drancy, which, he, which had been set up as a way station to the concentration camps. He was fortunately released through the intervention of his employer, and the family spent the rest of the war in hiding around France. Following the death of his father due to diabetes, Kahneman and his mother and sister moved to Jerusalem in 1944. There, Kahneman received his first degree from the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, with a major in psychology and a minor in mathematics. Speaking about what drew him to uh, psychology, Kahneman has explained that the questions that interested him in his teens were philosophical, the meaning of life, the existence of God, and the reasons not to misbehave. But he was discovering that he was more interested in what made people believe in God than he was in whether God existed. And he was more curious about the origins of people's peculiar convictions about right and wrong than he was about ethics. This line of thinking and interest in psychology led Kahneman to his research and collaboration with cognitive psychologist Amos Tversky on judgment and decision making. And this research is what I'll be talking a bit more about today. In life, we're faced with many choices. And for many of the options we face, there is a risk of losing something and an opportunity to gain something. Should you run for political office, facing the consequences of a victory or a loss? Should you run for the tram, facing the consequences of making it or being embarrassed as a door slides shut in your face? Standard economic thinking would dictate that the increase in the amount of joy or benefit in gaining something will be equal to the decrease in the amount of joy or cost of losing that same thing. 
for example, getting a free Streets Cornetto classic blue ribbon flavour vanilla chocolate ice cream should give me 10 extra happy points. And seeing that same delicious cone of ice cream fall to the ground would make me lose 10 happy points, right? Well, Kahneman's research suggested that things aren't quite so straightforward. Turns out that we emotionally respond by being way more freaked out by losing something than we are happy about gaining something, a phenomenon Kahneman coined as loss aversion. While different individuals exhibit this loss aversion to differing extents, Kahneman found that for most people, their loss aversion ratio is between 1.5 to 2.5, which means that in my example, while I may gain 10 happy points from getting my Cornetto, dropping it on the ground could actually make me lose around 20 happy points. Now, intuitively, this actually makes a lot of sense. I am way more distraught about losing something, especially when that something is a delicious cone of nutty, ice-creamy goodness. Kahneman and fellow researcher Amos Tversky themselves often joked that they were engaging in, a study, in studying a subject with which their grandmothers knew a great deal. But Kahneman was able to turn this intuition into a tangible model for explaining people's behaviour by adapting a standard economic framework. This thinking has inspired other public policymakers and economists to test whether loss aversion can be leveraged for good, specifically in relation to teacher performance in schools. In the experiment in Chicago Heights, Illinois, 150 teachers in K-8 schools, so that's equivalent to our primary schools, took part. One group of teachers got $4,000 in a lump sum at the start of the school year but were told they'd lose some, or all of it, if their students did not improve sufficiently. The other group was simply offered a traditional bonus, also $4,000, payable at the end of the year if their students improved. The standard bonuses actually had little to no effect, but students taught by teachers who got the advanced bonus saw their relative standing on a math test rise 6.8 to 9.6 percentile points an effect which was comparable to that caused by reducing class size by a third. Now, this idea of loss aversion also piqued the interest of University of Chicago economist Richard Thaler, who, along with Kahneman, developed the theory further to describe this phenomenon known as the endowment effect. The endowment effect was controversial for years as the idea that the icky, irrational bit of human behaviour could affect the cold, precise and rational world of markets was a direct challenge to neoclassical economists. A part of this endowment effect can be related to what we learnt before about loss aversion, the idea that we'd rather avoid losses than reap rewards. The standard economic assumption is the value someone puts on something should not depend on whether they own it. What Thaler and Kahneman found in hundreds of experiments was in fact that the endowment effect was found in relation to everything from chocolate bars to university branded mugs to baseball tickets. Once an individual owns something, they place a higher value on it than they did before they acquired it. Of course, people ascribe sentimental value to their possessions that may lead to overvaluation, but Thaler and Kahneman experiments controlled for this effect. So, for example, say you own a coffee table that you're planning on selling on eBay, and this coffee table is actually worth 
but you want to sell it for $75. Even if you're offered $50 for this coffee table, because you're suffering from loss aversion and the endowment effect of owning the coffee table in the first place, it will cause you to overestimate the value of the coffee table. As a result, you end up foregoing a $15 gain given the current value of the coffee table and the price you're being offered. Now, marketers have been in on these little human quirks for years and employed marketing tactics such as drip pricing. Anyone who's bought a flight on Tiger or Jetstar more than two years ago will understand what I'm about to describe immediately. Under the scheme, customers agreed to pay a price only to discover there was a charge for choosing your seat, another charge for paying by credit card, and another for baggage. These charges are rarely optional. Drip pricing taps into the endowment effect because, one, customers feel that they've already made the decision to purchase. Two, it creates loss aversion because customers commit time and effort to the search before being hit with extra charges. And three, it is a form of complex pricing which makes it hard to compare offers due to hidden costs. Luckily for us in Australia, consumers are protected from this type of marketing and under the Commonwealth Competition and Consumer Act. In response to pressure from the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, eight major Australian airlines must now display all-inclusive prices on their websites. There are many known limitations of standard economic models. One of those limitations being that individuals are assumed to act rationally all of the time. However, with some small but significant tweaks that account for predictable irrationality, the economic model's relevance can be expanded to explain more of the real world. I was drawn to economics because it provided a framework to understand people's motivations, behavior, and created a sense of order in a world that more often than not seems quite chaotic. As such, I think that economics is most useful when it's used to solve real-world problems and is most effective at doing so when it partners with experts in such fields as science and public policy. While Kahneman's research and ideas have only recently started to enter the sphere of public policy, it is clear that a greater, more nuanced understanding of human behaviour will only improve our ability to tackle life's complex problems. After all of his influential thinking, you may be happy to know that Daniel Kahneman was awarded an honorary doctorate from the Department of Economics at Erasmus University in Rotterdam, in the Netherlands. In his acceptance speech, Kahneman said, when you live long enough, you see the impossible become reality. Thanks for your time.